ask you something. Are you ready to dominate at the plate this season? Blast Baseball is the number one hitting improvement solution, trusted by more major league, college, and travel ball teams than any other. The Blast sensor attaches to the knob of any bat, providing real-time feedback with every swing. Metrics are automatically sent to a smartphone app, generating insights that allow you to analyze and improve your hitting like never before. Go to BlastMotion.com and enter code NOWD1 at checkout to save $25. Unlock your potential with Blast. All right, everybody, it is 9 o'clock. Let's get right into it. We do this show every Monday through Thursday at 9 p.m. Eastern on Twitter Spaces. I'm Alan Gay, and this is Now D1 Speaks. I got to tell you, you're on here to listening. I know we do this Monday through Thursday, but we've got a special night. It's Friday night. We've got Walter Beatty joining us. And I tell you, anybody that uh, knows anything about baseball, that listens to podcasts, that's on social media, you're absolutely going to know who Walter Beatty is. Hey, Walter, are you with us? Absolutely. Hey, man, I am so happy. Thank you for having oh, me. No doubt, brother. Man, I am so happy to talk with you tonight. Absolutely looking forward to it. So I tell you what, why don't you kick it off? Maybe kind of tell us a little bit about your playing career. Maybe take a step back, kind of give us an idea of, hey, man, where'd you go to high school? What kind of offers did you get? What was the MLB draft like? And ultimately, what organizations did you play with? Well, the biggest thing is, is, um, and it ended up serving me well with the draft with my sons, uh, particularly my youngest. I went to Fitchburg High School, uh, a small town in north central Massachusetts, um, and was fortunate enough to be recruited at the time by Pac-10 school, Arizona State University, Coach Brock. And at the time, Arizona, the Pac-10 was the equivalent then to what the SEC is now. Um, and, you know, the Barry Bonds, the Mark McGuire's, the Randy Johnson's, they were all USC, Arizona State. You had Coach Kendall at Arizona. You had Coach Dato at USC. Um, and so you really had the who's who at the time of the game. Uh, and what had happened was a scout had seen me over the summertime. And at that time they had a thing called the uh, major league scouting bureau, which represented all, all of the major league teams at the time. And, um, once they turned in a report, that report went out to a lot of the colleges around the country. Um, and subsequently ended up being drafted in the 313th overall 1981 draft by the Chicago Cubs. And, you know, I learned a lesson really quick. Um, you know, I, you know, at the time the first round draft picks were getting 200,000. And at that time it was Joe Carter from Wichita state and a guy that was my roommate by the name of Vance Lovelace from Hillsborough High School, who was also a teammate with Dwight Gooden and Floyd Yeomans. Imagine that high school staff. And, you know, they got 200000 to sign. And, you know, I got, I got about 28000 which, you know, I thought was a big deal back then. Today it wouldn't buy, you, you know, a Prius. But um, I learned real quickly 
that the game of baseball is a tremendous game, but the business of baseball is brutally difficult. Uh, I was drafted by the, the Wrigley uh, family uh, who owned the team at the time. And then a day after I signed, the Chicago Tribune purchased the team. And it was literally just as it is in today's world, when any, whenever there's a coaching change or a regime change, out with the old and in with the new, and that was Dallas Green and new ownership. And so, you know, I went from playing every day in high school in American Legion, you know, when dinosaurs roamed the earth, there was no travel baseball, and and then got an opportunity to play once a week. And, you know, you go from aluminum bats to wood bats. You know, I really didn't have any understanding of a K-55 and an R-161, you know, as far as model of bat. But I got to play every week, once a week. So I really wouldn't call my professional career illustrious. It was beneficial in hindsight because when my son was a first-round draft pick out of high school in 2011, I was able to get him to understand the value of college, the college experience, You know that it was more than just about baseball, uh, and it was more than about money. It was time in your life when you can enjoy and be an active participant within the college experience, football games, basketball games, uh, you know, storming the court after upsetting number one Kentucky, watching your football team play against, you know, future Hall of Fame NFL players and competing. um, You know, when you go to minor leagues, you play behind a chain link fence with 20 people. Uh, When you go to college, especially in the SEC, you're playing in front of, you know, tens of thousands of people, especially at schools like LSU and South Carolina, et cetera. And so my experience as a player, uh, you know, was able to help my son in, in some capacity. And then as a former head coach at the college level, um, you know, it really was beneficial because I knew Tim Corbin since he was from Wolfboro, New Hampshire, when he was a, a young head coach at Presbyterian. And, you know, obviously, you know, prior, you know, prior to that, he was a student at Ohio Wesleyan. So I had a personal relationship, as I do with most college coaches across the country. Uh, either we played with or against each other or just had common friends. So essentially my experience uh, within the sport of baseball comes as a player understanding, you know, what it need, what you need and what it takes to get to that next level. And then as a coach, you know, the evaluation and the recruiting process, financial aid and admissions. And then as a parent, which in my opinion is the most valuable asset. Um, when I'm working with families and student athletes, it's the parental perspective that I think is the key difference. I've lived it you know, as my son was a two-time first-round draft pick, you know, and play, you know, winning a national championship, playing in the SEC and ultimately getting to the big leagues, I always try to tell student-athletes, don't measure your career based on results. Based, you know, measure your career on the journey and the experiences that you get to collect starting at the high school, travel ball, obviously college, and if you're fortunate enough, professionals. So that's my story. Man, I got to tell you, Walter, I am so far out over my skis tonight. It's unbelievable. I absolutely appreciate you being on. 
consummate professional right here. I mean, everybody got to hear it. People want to know, hey, you normally you're interviewing uncommitted juniors, seniors, uh, sophomores in high school. What in the world are you doing talking to Walter Beatty? Well, this is why. I mean, the experience that Walter has. And, and I got to tell you, man, I asked you a simple question and you just laid out an entire interview for me. Just from that one question, I mean, we could take this thing in a whole different direction. There's so many things that I would love to talk about. I'm certainly from your generation. There's no doubt about it. When I was growing up, uh, the Pac-10 was absolutely the dominant conference in baseball. Everybody came from Arizona, Arizona State, UCLA, uh, USC. You know, if you came inward just a little bit, Oklahoma State was a big deal. And they still are. All, all these schools are still big deals. I mean, don't get me wrong, but I'm just sitting here thinking, when you're thinking blue blood in baseball, heck yeah, man, it was all about the Pac-10. I got that. And I love the reference to Florida when you kind of started talking about, you know, Doc Gooden and some of those guys. Well, I'm here in Florida. You know, I remember them. No question about that. I absolutely remember them. Certainly remember Joe Carter. My goodness, you know, God rest his soul. We miss him now, right? You know, also the 28K you got. My gosh, Walter, that's so funny that you just kind of make that comment and say, I only got 28,000. You got paid to play baseball. I mean, that is the dream of every kid that I'm talking to and their parents that are on. You know, they're all striving to just make it to that next level. And they're doing an awesome job. These kids are unbelievable. You know, they're putting everything they have into it to kind of progress their career. And you got paid to play baseball. And now what are you doing? You're returning the favor. You're, you're showing these kids the, the wisdom that you've experienced. You're helping them out. My goodness, your son, I want to talk about your son, got drafted twice. I would love to know. You got to give us a comment. I mean, he was in high school, obviously got drafted. He went to school, went to an SE school, got drafted again. We want to know his story 100%. So, I mean, I don't want to derail, you know, I don't want to get totally off track on this um, this interview. We could go, we could really get off base because, Walter, you have got a lifetime of experience, and uh, we're, hey, I'll just put it this way. We're very, very fortunate to have you on. You know what probably makes the most sense? Let's just kind of move to the next question, you know, and, and one of the things that I'm just kind of thinking about, I keep a little bit of focus on you, you know, kind of just, you know, give us an idea of the positions you played and really what was your main strength and, you know, what was a weakness? Maybe something that just kind of held you back. Cause I think that would give a lot of insight to somebody else. Well, I'm hoping that this interview is, you know, I don't want to spend too much time on, on me, but I will tell you that when I was very young, no one in my family was very athletic. I grew up in a neighborhood much like the sandlot, uh, you know, where I was the guy that couldn't throw, I couldn't hit water if I fell out of a canoe. And I learned pretty quickly that if I, you know, wanted to be a part of, you know, the neighborhood uh, group of guys, I had to learn how to play catch. I had to learn how to hit. I had to learn how to, you know, look like an athlete. So, you know, it's not an over-exaggeration when I say, 
you know, I was probably the last guy picked on any team from the ages of say six until I was about 12. Um, and it was nothing more than watching a lot of baseball grew up with Mel Allen and this week in baseball. And, you know, I swung a bat, I've swung a broomstick every opportunity I, I had, but, you know, my thing is, is I just never wanted any, anyone to tell me, you know, I wasn't good enough. And a couple of times when I was a kid, I didn't make a team. My dad, who was very matter of fact, worked two jobs, uh, you know, my whole life, uh, used to say to me, well, you got two options. You can quit and complain, or you can work harder, get better and make a team. He said, there's no in between. There's no right or wrong. It is what you want it to be. So, you know, quit or get, get after it. And so that's kind of the things that I took forward into becoming an adult, ultimately becoming a parent. I try to stress to a lot of student athletes, don't worry about where you are today. You know, don't worry about doing something and not being successful. Use every day as a lesson and take something from it and build on it for tomorrow because you're not always going to be 15. You're, you're going to end up looking back on 15 and, and wishing you could go back to it. You know, take advantage of today. Take advantage of what you're learning today. Be aware, you know, create an awareness of who you are in the eyes of your teachers, your peers. Um, understand what your strengths are. But most importantly, you know, try to recognize your weaknesses and really work on your weaknesses and kind of just hone your strengths. And, and the more that you're able to do that, you know, over a period of time, collectively, you become a better athlete. And so I use that as a parent. I use that as a coach. Um, you know, and I think we live in a world of 20 second clips that, you know, accentuate tremendous skill or tremendous moment in life. But in reality, you know, those 20 seconds are a mere fraction of a 24 hour day. And so if you look at the collective whole of each day and you maximize the 160 hours a week and be a better person, socially, you know, with regard to your peers, your family, um, you know, your teachers, as well as your body uh, and, and, you know, making sure you're trying to, you know, put the right things in your body and, and make sure you're trying to, you know, strengthen your body and your skill sets. You know, anybody can be anything that they would like to be as long as they have a purpose and a plan. And so, you know, when it comes to college recruiting, we tend to focus on a destination as opposed to a journey. And I promise anyone that ever finds their way to this, if you make the most out of each of your days, you're going to have good days. You're going to have bad days. You're going to have average days. You'll have extremely great days and you'll have extreme miserable days, life moments. But I promise you, you'll always look back on the journey as opposed to the destination. The destination is coming for all of us as adults, but let the kids be kids. Let them, let them learn, let them play and give back. Shoot. Yeah, man. And speaking of a 20 second clip, everyone that's joining us tonight, thank you so much. We absolutely appreciate it. And uh, we're dependent on your support. Uh, Twitter is kind of built on that 20 second uh, clip. And what we do is we set this space up and then we record it. And one of the reasons that we record it is in case you join late, don't worry about it. Or if you didn't join at all for somebody that's out there, 
We're going to record it. We're going to retweet it. You'll be able to hear it in its entirety. And tonight we're talking with Walter Beatty. Walter is, hey, man, he was uh, drafted in 1981, Chicago Cubs. He has had an illustrious career. He's coached all over the place. He's uh, played professional baseball. He's got a son that was drafted a couple of times. He's got a wealth of uh, experience. Doesn't really want to talk about himself so much tonight, but you know what? We're probably going to humble him. And uh, we may even ask him a couple more questions about him before we really kind of move into to what's happening today, you know, in the recruiting world. And I think, and maybe he could correct me if I'm wrong, but I think really what his true love is now is kind of passing along some of that knowledge and helping a younger generation navigate what's, what's happening in the world today. You know, I think that's his specialty. But before we get to that point, hey, we want to keep recognizing a guy that's had a really impressive career. So let me ask you something, Walter. When, you, when your playing days ended, did you just immediately jump into coaching or was there something else that you were kind of doing for a period of time and then kind of came back to baseball? Uh, I have a kind of unique uh, history. I don't want to delve too deep into it, but my parents passed away when I was very young and my dad passed when I was a junior in high school. So I literally lived on my own. Uh, as a ward of the state of Massachusetts, I had an apartment, paid bills. Uh, so I really didn't have a lot of, you know, uh, options as far as trying to continue to, you know, find a career within the game as a player. I did play until I was 37. I, ha I did have an opportunity to sign with the St. Louis Cardinals, um, after a season in the Boston, the prestigious Boston Parks League, which at the time was the equivalent of the Cape Cod League, uh, which has now become the New England Collegiate League. Uh, but I passed on that because really I had to grow up. I had to pay bills. I had responsibilities. I had a younger brother uh, that I, I cared for. And, um, you know, he lived with me. So, you know, as far as baseball is concerned, I, I became a head coach at the high school level uh, at the age of 21. Um, you know, high school head coaching led to American Legion head coaching, uh, ultimately led to college head coaching. Um, you know, the biggest thing is, is my drug has always been baseball. It's always been the motivator, the instigator. Um, and so for me now, um, you know, what I try to do um, is not only is it giving back, it's just to try and let families understand it's a process. It, it's not a script. It is not a uh, anything that comes with a set of directions or a blueprint. It, it, everybody is different. Everybody is unique. Um, and so letting parents know that you know, there's only 12,000 Division One players. There's only 13,000 Division Two players. It's okay, um, you know, to be an individual. So I just try to give back based on experiences as a collective whole, you know, as a now as an adult looking back. I can remember being a 15, 16-year-old kid saying, hey, man, I just want to get drafted. You know, all I want to do is play college. Uh, you know, that's all I want to do. And I can also remember the times where I, you know, took an 0 for 10, you know, wearing that heavy saying, man, this game stinks. I stink. 
but then all of a sudden there's a three for three day and you're back into the world of I love baseball. So, you know, I think we just think it's all glory and it's a lot of instant success and continuous success. And life is, you know, a series of ups and downs and heartbeats go up and down and that's baseball. So that's really, you know, my mission statement as it pertains to working with families from across Canada, United States, and even the Dominican and uh, Puerto Rico. Absolutely, man. You are giving back left and right. Hey, you're giving a ton just on this uh, 20 minutes that we've been on the call. I mean, I can feel it, the passion, the understanding, the knowledge. And it just kind of gets me fired up. I've said this on some other interviews that I had. I wish that, you know, I need to really have a camera. It should be more like a Zoom. Because it's so enjoyable. It just puts a smile on my face to be around someone that has the passion that you have and the honesty and the sincerity when you're saying, hey, this is a couple of things I've learned. Here are some of the hardships I went through. Here are some of the good things I went through. Let me kind of tell you how it looks and, wh- and what it feels like. And I, I mean, that, that just means the world to me. And uh, you're a special guy, Walter. Absolutely appreciate that. So let me ask you, in regards to coaching, like how many years did you coach? And, and, and maybe kind of give us an idea of what the levels were and maybe even some of the locations. Because I got I to believe some of them were probably fairly prestigious and probably some of them were, were, we're going to say, where? Where were you? What did you do? Well, I won't say anything was prestigious. Every job uh, brought someone or something, you know, into my life that to this day remains precious, meaning relationships with student athletes, uh, players, uh, you know, both in New England as well as Louisiana, where I lived for seven years coaching. Um, you know, one of the things that I think is really important um, is to understand that you know, there are student athletes that have to understand that there's going to come a day where the game ends and you may not want it to end, but whether that's high school or college. And so if you're living in the moment and you're present and you really um, have an understanding, you know, my coaching and my playing um, has always given me more than I've ever given to the sport, meaning I value the relationships, the friendships, uh, the moments, um, you know, seeing student athletes that are now in their mid to late thirties with children. And now their children are playing game, you know, the game and, you know, they're looking back on things that we talked about. And one of the things that I always try to encourage student athletes uh, to understand you know, whether it's here on the call or whoever may tune in. If I had to sum up, you know, coaching and playing with a a metaphor, I would always tell my students, my student athletes, every day you wake up, you're seeking something better. You're seeking the best slice of pizza. You're seeking the best uh, home that you can live in, the, the best school system. What you have to be able to understand in baseball, in life, you may have already had your best slice of pizza. You may be in the best house you can ever be in. So 
you have to be able to recognize what is in your life going to be the the best it's going to get the best i'm going to do because you have to value and appreciate that and so as an athlete we always think well i can be playing for a better team i can be you know on a better in a better program uh, i don't like this coach because he's too hard so i'm going to go someplace else how do you know that coach isn't giving you exactly what you need to become the best version of yourself so i used to call it the best slice of pizza metaphor you know, be able to recognize your moment, be present in your moment. Uh, as an athlete, that's the most cherished and honored kind of perspective and skill set you can have is recognizing, uh, you know, you're in a moment that's made you better. You're in a moment that's taking you where you want to go, where your future family is going to benefit from. Uh, whether it's in your career or your profession or your health, what have you. So that's kind of where I come from and how I use it as my base and my center. Um, I've been fortunate enough to speak with a lot of families on Twitter. And some people, you know, I've met them in person. Some people I've only talked to, but I can genuinely say, you know, they've become, you know, an integral part of my day-to-day life because you know if something happens in my life they ask you know they check in and vice versa um and and i think that's really ultimately what you're trying to do is build your relationships and your support groups not only in sport but also in life no question about that i mean that's you know you you kind of ended it right there that's that's really what your life is all about but but let me ask you something, Walter. Don't you think the way the, what you were just describing, the best slice of pizza currently in your life? I mean, you know, kind of staying grounded, understanding the surroundings that you have, the opportunities that you've been given, and then how to make the best of those opportunities. Don't you think that's so reflective? You kind of look at the transfer portal today. It seems out of weight. You know what I mean? It seems like the transfer portal really reflects, I don't know, probably reflects the the standard of the day. If you don't like your – I mean, I hate to sound like that. I feel like the old man that says, hey, get off my lawn. But it almost seems to reflect if I don't like my current situation, then it's got to be somebody else's fault and I'm going to leave and go somewhere else. It just seems to me – as a layperson looking at it from the outside, the transfer portal is out of whack. Either, either the guys that are leaving probably shouldn't have been where they, they are to begin with originally. And that could be reflective of the scholarships at 11.7. It it could be all kinds of stuff or, you know, you, you just don't have guys that are really understanding how unbelievable it is first to be able to play college baseball at any level. You are the elite of the elite. Doesn't matter if you're in NAIA, if you're in Division Three junior college. It, it does not matter. You are elite, right? And then I think the second piece is just kind of understanding the guys that are really going to make it to the next level and be playing major league. I mean, these guys are just insanely good. You know, I mean, it's 
you know, you, you kind of look around the world. Hey, just so that you understand something, Walter, I was a golfer growing up. I mean, that was my background. I played a ton of golf. I grew up in Augusta, Georgia. I was a golfer, right? Played good golf. I was really, actually, really, really good at golf. And uh, when, when, hey, I was fortunate enough to find a wife, got married, had a couple of kids. We had a son. Uh, when my son came along, everybody was like, hey, is he going to play golf? I was like, you know what? Probably not competitively. There's 7 billion people in the world. There's like 120 guys that have a, a PGA card. You're, you're not going to be able to make a living at golf. There's too many good golfers. And, and I, th- I, I, you know, I kind of look at the same thing with baseball. I mean, even with the minor league teams and on and on, to be able to actually make a living playing baseball, you are just, you're, I mean, you're out of the stratosphere good. That's how you have to be. And I just don't know if parents and and kids honestly understand what it takes to become a major leaguer, much less a college player. And I think that what you're describing really is very, very reflective uh, in the transfer portal. Well, first of all, with regard to being a minor leaguer, less than 2% of global population of baseball players get, get drafted or sign a professional contract of that 2%, one-tenth of 1% become major leaguers. It's, it's a absolute major miracle to play major league baseball. Because if you look at, there's only been 23,000 men in the history of the sport, which is over a century of adults that have played the game. It's mind-boggling. So, you know, we can all sit here and talk about Hall of Famers, good players, average players, below-average players. At the end of the day, the guy that played one inning of a major league game is an absolute elite baseball player. Elite. You cannot become a major leaguer unless you are elite mentally and physically. So... There's that. With regard to the portal, portal is nothing new. Been around for decades. The thing that makes the portal unique now is A, social media. B, the opportunity to have multiple bites of the transfer apple or as far as time periods are concerned. Uh, yes, it opens itself up to you know, coaches. You know, Last night, I think a lot of people were taken aback by Jay Johnson openly saying, hey, if you're in the portal and you're an elite player, where else do you want to play? Hey, that's the way the rules are. You know, sorry, we don't like them, but that's the way the world works. And really, it makes you have to make sure that parents and student athletes understand, slow your process down. Do not be in a hurry. Do not be in a rush to make a decision that really is a 40-year decision and not a four-year decision. You know, everybody uses that phrase, and I get people that roll their eyes. But, you know, my son met his wife, future wife, while he was a student at Vanderbilt University. The other part of that conversation that you just, you know, the question that you asked, if I take a look at every major league roster, 40-man roster, you see collection of athletes that are from Division II, NCAA Division II. In fact, Houston Astros, last year's world champion, the starting shortstop MVP of the college, excuse me, the major league world series. 
He went to University of Maine, Orono. There's not a colder place to play baseball than Maine, Orono. And take it from somebody that's lived in New England. That's a fact. Their starting outfielder went to Millersville Division II, and he was in a, in a World Series, in a Major League World Series. He's a starter for the Houston Astros. So if I just take those two athletes, one's a Division II and one went to UMaine Orno, not SEC, not Power Five. So if you look up and down a Major League roster, you're going to see international athletes. You're going to see athletes that went Division Three. You're going to Division Two, NAIA, JUCO. There's not a one not everybody that plays big leagues played in the SEC or the ACC or the Big 12 or the Pac-12. And so while we all aspire to have a name on our jersey that everybody would go, wow, it may not be the best fit for you socially, culturally, um, academically, geographically, um, you know. And so it's really important to baseball is the same at every school, 60 foot, six, six inches. 90-foot base paths, uh, 325 down the line, you know, 400, 390 to dead center. The ball is the same diameter, three and a half inches, and, and the, the home plate is 17 inches wide. So baseball is the same. Each school is located different area. Is it rural? Is it major metropolitan city? What's the access? Planes, trains, automobiles, buses? Do you want mom and dad to be able to come and watch you play? Uh, and so every decision is much more than just baseball. And so for those athletes that are always in a rush because they want to be romanced, they want to be recruited, it comes and it goes. And, you know, you ultimately choose a place. And I always tell parents, you know, your son is going to be entering a world where five to as many as 20 coaches could be fighting for his affection, but he can only dance with one of them. And so you want to be very careful, you know, about who you put into your son's life, because ultimately trying to tell 19 other coaches, no, but I can only make one of them happy. It, it weighs heavily on a student athlete. And the other part of the equation is a 15 year old boy is going to pale in comparison to a 21 year old man. And in today's college world, you're really looking at a game played by men, coached by men, officiated by men. And, and you, you have to understand big boy problems. They don't care about your, your feelings. <laughs> they don't care about your parents' opinion. This is a world of what are you doing for me today? I don't really need you tomorrow, but I need to know today you're going to give me you know, a great effort. And that's why the portal is so full because in the world of travel baseball, if it doesn't fit, I'm going to keep looking until Cinderella's slipper, you know, makes me a starting shortstop or a starting catcher or a starting pitcher. Um, and they think that, you know, and I'm not blaming travel baseball, but we have become a world of consumers within youth baseball. You know, consumers for travel ball, consumers for lessons. Who's the right hitting instructor? Who's the right? We've lost our way as far as the value of high school coaches. We've lost our way with the value of older players. We now, you know, mock and, and make fun of former major leaguers or major league managers 
because they're not current or they're not up to speed. The world is filled with different opinions, different tastes, um, and you have to be aware of what your tastes are and where you are trying to take your life and make decisions that are going to make you happy. Um, you don't have to worry about the coaches or the schools or your friends. You know, talk with mom and dad. Make a decision that feels right in your heart. And if the team is a Division Two team, great. If it's a Division Three team, great. If it's a Division One mid-major, I just spoke with, you know, Justin Hare at Campbell. If I had a son, I'd want my son to play for somebody like Justin Hare or, or Kirk Sarlos. Uh, those are mentors of men. Uh, and that's really the most significant part of the whole athletic process is making your son not only a better man, but a better prepared man. Man, unbelievable. Thank you so much, Walter. You know what? Thank you for joining our show tonight. I have loving everything that you're saying. And, and I got to tell you, I think in many ways the mid-major teams are pro- potentially in the worst spot kind of in the environment that we're in currently, potentially. You know, I had a uh, – my brother-in-law went to Campbell, didn't play baseball, but went to Campbell. And I think Campbell is a phenomenal school. My son, mid-major, he went to Florida Gulf Coast. Ridiculous program. I mean, as you're – what you're talking about, the level of talent is just phenomenal across the board. Hey – let me do this first. Everybody that's joining, again, thank you so much. We're glad you're here. I mentioned earlier that we record this. It's a live Twitter space. These conversations are 100% live. Walter and I, we're not having an opportunity to say, hey, I, I kind of want to redo this. I mean, it's just live. Um, but we record it. And the reason we record it is I turn it into a podcast. That podcast is Now D1 Speaks. It's on every major platform that's out there. There's a ton of coaches that are listening to it. And one of the reasons they're listening, as Walter just kind of mentioned, a coach's main focus is really on the baseball field. They're paid to win ball games, they're, you know, and the one piece they're not really wanting to be interested in is guys that don't understand how to be mature off the field. And I think the beauty of what now D1 Speaks provides it gives athletes an opportunity to really kind of highlight their achievements off the field. You know, they, it gives them an opportunity to say, here's my voice. Listen to how mature I am. This, these are the classes that I take. This is my GPA. These are my goals in life. These are the accomplishments that I've made on the field. These are the opportunities that I have in the training room. These are the things that I'm working on, and here's how I've improved. And it just gives coaches a sense of this is a, this is a guy that I can count on. I won't have to worry about him off the field. I can focus on winning a ball game. So I love I kind of love what we're doing. It's been extremely fulfilling for me, and it's been very very successful as well. So again, it's now uh, you know it's now D one speaks. It's on every major platform out there. If you enjoy it, go find it. Subscribe. And, hey, if you want to give us a five-star rating, I am sure Walter would approve of that. Hey, let me ask you something, Walter. Let me ask – you know, I was going to ask you about your own playing career in regards to any achievements that you had or memorable moments. But I, what I really want to know, you know, kind of change the direction just a little bit. Tell me about your son. Your son that – you know, he went – he 
obviously was drafted out of high school. Then he went to Vanderbilt, was drafted again. Kind of looking at that son, tell, tell me about a memorable moment that happened on the field or achievement that you were particularly proud of and maybe what you learned from it or maybe what you helped instill in your son? Well, I mean, that's a loaded question. I will just tell you the thing I'm most proud of is that my son has a, a degree from Vanderbilt University. Uh, he's considered an educated man. Uh, I've never been considered an educated man. I've been called a jock. I've, become, I've been called, you know, a baseball, you know, meathead. Uh, you know, I'm just a baseball guy, but I've never been called educated. And so for me and my family throughout 200 some odd years, there had never been a, a graduate a college graduate in my family. You know, that was due to the fact that, you know, my grandfather, my great grandfather, they all worked for a large, you know, uh, general electric here in, in Massachusetts. But, you know, we didn't have the luxury of going to college or the affordability to go to college. So my priority as a dad way before becoming a dad uh, was to try and ensure that my, my sons would, you know, be college graduates, you know? So I have an older son, Kyle, who went the non-traditional route of junior college, went to LSU Eunice and was coached by, in my opinion, one of the best college coaches in the country at LSU Eunice and Jeff Willis and then went to an NAIA school and, and graduated uh, with, he had three degrees by the time he graduated um, uh, from LSU uh, Alexandria. And then my youngest son, uh, Tyler, uh, a very good athlete, a humble young man, an extremely hard, my, the proudest thing I can tell you about Tyler, um, his work ethic is done in silence. And, it would have been very easy for Tyler to sign a contract, you know, bypass college probably would have been a big league pitcher by the time he was 22 or 23. Uh, one could argue that he didn't have the, the best career at Vanderbilt, but he had a good career. Um, they won a college world series, which was the first in the history of the university. But the biggest uh, moment, for Tyler was being able to spend three years with arguably the world's greatest mentor. I think we underestimate the value of life mentors. Um, Tim Corbin is a lot of things of which one is he's a baseball coach. Uh, but more importantly, he is a mentor of life. And that is something that is, you can't put a price on you know, preparing a young man to become an adult, a father, a husband, uh, a part of a team. Uh, and Tim Corbin, I mean, I could go on and on, but that's really the ultimate value that my son ascertained as far as from a baseball perspective. His ability as a baseball player put him in, and forever he'll be a part of Vanderbilt baseball. Uh, and they've become an iconic college program due to the culture that Tim Corbin has created. And I, I try to tell parents, you really want to pick someone that's going to add value and enhance 
your son's not only baseball, but his, his future as an adult. And that's why baseball, the portal is this transient kind of, you know, skip and a jump and a skip and a jump. Whereas life is going to give you tough hands. I mean, Tyler got his teeth kicked in his freshman year. Um, and then the weight of expectation is junior year trying to live up to being a former first round pick. It, you know, it weighed heavily and, you know, those things are tough to deal with, but it teaches you how to handle adversity. It teaches you how to breathe and, and, and be able to compete when you're struggling. And I think there's something to be said for the value of, of overcoming even if it's an adversity that people would trade, you know, their left and right arm with for, you have to learn that all things in life are not going to be cupcakes and candles. So that's really the value of a college education. No question, Walter. I can absolutely appreciate that a hundred percent. Hey, Hey, I've got a couple of kids myself, you know, both of them have one of them's already got the college degree and the other one's working on it. So I understand that one hundred percent what you're saying but i gotta tell you one of the things that you just kind of brought up and it makes me so reflect on the kids that i talk to on a weekly basis and uh you know it it kind of ranges a little bit in their athletic aspirations and probably what their goals are and really you know where they could ultimately go and and we talk to a ton of kids with great gpas that are you know, they're able to understand the game and they're, and they're really good athletes. And the truth of the matter is they're probably, you know, they may find the, the right college fit, partic- you know, maybe. And, and what's so incredible, some of those guys get it and they understand that playing baseball would be a privilege in college and they are really focused on their academics. And You know what I'm saying? And so they get it. And, and that's fun to talk to those guys. And then there's other guys that you're talking to, and they have got big-time talent. And you can tell it, and I've seen it in the videos, and you can kind of listen to the, the thing, their experiences. And they are going to go on, and they're going to have an opportunity to play uh, big-time college baseball. And I think, I think the thing that you were just kind of hitting on is even those guys that are rolling, and they, they are going to play big-time college baseball. They're not committed yet because I talked to uncommitted guys. You know they're struggling internally. Their parents are trying to navigate a lot of choppy waters. They're trying to figure it out as well. And it looks like on the outside that they, they absolutely have it figured out. And you're probably, you know, if you're a teammate or you're – you're the, the, a friend that's a, you know, a parent. You're probably looking at those kids saying, oh, my gosh, they're so lucky. They're going to go wherever. They're going to go D1, and they're going to be fantastic. They're so lucky. And yet those kids are really struggling, you know. And, I mean, they're trying to figure it out, too. They're not, they're not 100% sure what they're supposed to be doing, you know, and – it is tough. So I love that you kind of brought that up because the mental aspect of this game and the surroundings that go around the game is just not easy. Even for the guys that seem like they have it all together, it is tough. It, I don't care if you're trying to figure out what school you're going to go to or if you're going to be drafted. 
it seems on the outside that those guys have it made, but I'm going to tell you, those guys are absolutely struggling. And the parents are like, I don't know what we're supposed to do. I hope I'm giving them the best advice I can possibly give them. So it doesn't matter what the level is. Everybody is kind of in a, a tough spot at various times in their life. Hey, Walter, I got to tell you, man, I am so enjoying this evening. I mean, we're not going to keep going and going and going. You know, I could just talk to you forever. Or I, actually, I could just kind of sit back and listen to the things that you have to say because, I mean, you're incredibly knowledgeable. You're, I mean, you got a great pace about yourself. You want to help other people. You have, you know, tons of experience. I mean, you're just a fascinating person. And and we're very, very fortunate that you uh, you said, hey, yeah, I absolutely want to come on because maybe I could have an impact on somebody. So, you know, thank you. I absolutely appreciate that. But I don't want to take too much more of your time. We're probably going to be wrapping up here. Maybe a couple more questions, you know. And, and one of the things that I would really like to have your insight on, we touched on it earlier, was like the transfer portal. But I'm just curious, what do you – you know, kind of what did, what do you think about the current state of recruiting in baseball? Just kind of the way it is. I think they made some improvements with the contact period, and, and you kind of touched on it earlier. I don't know if you'll answer it the same way, but I think it's good that uh, contact is later. I think you should work on your development earlier in your career. And then, you know, again, with the transfer portal. So just kind of give us your feel for where are we in the recruiting cycle now and and how should kids and parents kind of be navigating that well over the last two and a half weeks um, essentially from conference tournament time till today uh, i've talked to over 200 coaches at all levels um, of college baseball and one of the things uh, before i go on 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 you know the coaching you know, feedback. I think it's really important for those parents that find their way to tonight's discussion to understand the weight of expectation that our student athletes carry um, and to really try to lessen that load and tell them baseball is not their identity. It's just simply a part of who they are, you know, and we have become so consumed with the celebrity status and the measurables and the keeping up with this 15 year old does this. And that 14 year old does that. Here's a newsflash for parents. Every child, yours, mine, my grandsons, they get one childhood. That's it. We get decades of being an adult, but as far as being a child, you get one decade, you know, and I call that from 10 to 21. 22 and slowing the process down every college coach to a man says basically two things one i hope everybody is honorable and you know doesn't try to circumvent or skirt the rules and two we can now take a deep breath and focus on the 16 17 and in most cases 18 year olds it benefits the late bloomers. It benefits the cold weather states. It benefits college baseball, but more importantly, it benefits student athletes. You know, imagine trying to ask a 14-year-old, you know, where he wants to spend 
you know, 18 through 22, he hasn't been outside of his, you know, rural or metropolitan area, but yet we want to send him across the country or down south. Uh, he doesn't know what he wants for breakfast tomorrow. So this rule is tremendously beneficial to student athletes and parents alike. Two, it really allows student athletes to grow not only physically, but mentally. You know, I always tell parents, and I got this from Coach Mack down at Florida Atlantic, when your son or daughter is 13, 14, 15, if you tell them, get in the car, we're going someplace, the parents are in control of the destination, meaning the practices, the games, uh, et cetera. But when your son or daughter is old enough to get their driver's license, they're going to make the decisions on where that car and that vehicle is going. And it should be the same with regard to making a college decision. You know, it shouldn't be mom or dad or grandparents saying, Hey, I went to this school. You have to go to this school or, you know, you have to do this or you have to do that. They have to know what feels right to them, why it feels right, you know, and so I think the portal and the uh, the changes within the, you know, contact period are very positive uh, for student athletes. Um, you know, prior to the transfer portal, they didn't have a lot of opportunity for do-overs. And it's okay. We do make mistakes. And children should not be, or teenagers should not be penalized uh, with regard to a decision that may not have worked out for them. Um, the ability to wait until you're 16 allows student athletes to get bigger, stronger, more acquainted with who they are and who they want to become. Um, and I think overall the recruiting process will be better for it. Amen. I couldn't agree more. Hundred percent. The one thing that I've got a question with the entire thing that you, I mean, every everything you said in your answer, I could agree with. But one thing, and I know you're from Boston area, but you said you got in the Kerr or something. I mean, I'm down here in the South. I got a little Southern accent. I'm trying to. You got in the Kerr. You mean the Carr? <laughs> you got in the car. <laughs> I well, get it in the car and I park <laughs> my car in the garage and I drink water. So, um, you know, when I was in Louisiana, I took a lot of heat for that, but sometimes you can't take the Boston out of the guy, but, um, that's just the way it is when you're born and raised in, you know, that dirty water of Boston. Hey, no problem, man. I'm just the old Southern redneck, man. I don't know what a cur is, but I really appreciate all the answers that you're giving us 100%. Hey, if you're joining tonight, thank you so much. We absolutely appreciate it. We Actually, we depend on you uh, listening. Uh, if you're an uncommitted high school prospect, even a 23 graduate, but specifically 24, 25, or junior college guy that's looking to transfer, reach out to me. Um, I'm on at now underscore D1 on Twitter. We are booked through the majority of July. I think we, and Walter will appreciate that. I said July, uh, but we've got a few days that are still available and um, I'm sure we can work something out. If not, I'm going to be doing this in August and we'll probably roll through the fall as well. The great thing about this uh, podcast as well, 
I got to tell you, college coaches are absolutely listening. They appreciate the value of it. And uh, I think it's a good opportunity for kids to jump on and, and kind of say who they are. So, Walter, let, let's kind of end it tonight with, um, you know, and you've given a ton of value already. But if you if you could just kind of take a look at maybe some of the younger guys that are coming along and you really wanted to give them some advice, kind of some advice that you obviously gave your sons as well. I mean, what would you say in today's environment that would probably be very beneficial to them? Well, I think the biggest word of advice that I can give to any family or student athlete is if we just take a snapshot of the college world series and we just take the final two teams, uh, that are, you know, here at the end, the, the physicality mentally, the strength mentally and physically is basically your billboard, your business card. And it's an understanding that, the role of the high school student athlete is to become as physically prepared as you can if you desire and aspire. It's not about metrics or analytics. It's not about the travel ball team that you play on. Heck, I have guys, you know, if you go over to my YouTube channel, I have three young men that I interviewed they didn't even play in high school and all three of them went to NCAA division one schools. They were college all-stars. One is playing professionally. My point to that is while I was living in Louisiana, those boys worked out with me. They lifted, they, they worked on their skill set development and ultimately college doesn't care what travel team you played on. They don't care what accolades you achieved with regard to travel or high school baseball, what they care about is, can you help us collectively become better? Can you help us get to that next level? Can you help us get to Omaha? So your son is skinny today. He's not going to be skinny tomorrow. Your son is five foot 10 today. He might be six, three tomorrow. Your son throws 60 today. He might throw 90 tomorrow. I always tell parents, Tyler Beatty, in June of 2009 through 83 to 86 in high school. In June of that year, he participated in an event and suddenly threw 90 miles an hour. And then his world changed. You can't script when it's going to happen, where it's going to happen. You can't rush it. You can't put a date in your calendar. But someday it's going to happen. The big boy muscles, the big boy body, more importantly, the big boy mind, they all connect. And when they do, whether it's tomorrow, next week, next month, or next year, your son will be ready. And when he's ready, he'll be able to play. And playing and being a part of a team is going to shape his future. So don't worry about the team. Don't worry about the vehicle. Don't. Don't worry about the destination. Just worry about taking care of the things that you can take care of today. And the college experience is going to take care of itself. And the more patient you are, the better decisions you'll make. 
Man, Walter, I cannot thank you enough for coming on tonight. We, you have absolutely graced us. There is no question about it. And everybody that's listening tonight and that will be listening on the podcast later, if you haven't heard of Walter Beatty, I would suggest that you uh, kind of Google him. And if you want to hear the things that he has to say, he's got a fantastic podcast. It's the, the Baseball Lifer podcast. I think that uh, primarily you probably do it once a week. Maybe it's on Thursday. And, it, you know, he, he teams up with another guy and they talk to a ton of coaches. And these coaches are giving great insight. And obviously, Walter has fantastic insight. I think he's uh, a phenomenal person. He's absolutely interested in the youth because he's very interested in the direction that the program, that baseball as a whole is going to take. And, he, and, and if you want to kind of change the direction or influence the direction or improve the direction, it's always about the youth. Right. And so I think he's taking the right approach. So thank you so much for being on tonight, Walter. I have absolutely enjoyed this. Well, thank you for having me, Alan. And that other guy happened, happened <laughs> he, a, a very famous college coach, Dave Serrano, has won College World Series at Cal State Fullerton. He's also been the head coach at University of Tennessee in the SEC. He's a tremendous pitching coach. He knows just about anybody who's everybody that's within the game. So between the two of us, uh, you know, our relationships, you know, span a pretty significant uh, pretty big net. And uh, so I enjoy all my opportunities to learn from Dave. And the other part of this component is do not underestimate the power of social media. I, I have, I love the direct messages I get from people from literally all around the country, the high school coaches. I, I want to reiterate, you know, the high school coach is an integral part of your son's journey. And, you know, even though you may get more exposure or, you know, more accolades during the summer, your high school coach is a mentor that I think we've kind of kicked to the curb and we need to bring back. Uh, and that's my message, uh, you know, from tonight is take and listen to the coaches and the teachers and the adults that are in your life and use it to make yourself better in every facet of your life. But, Alan, thank you so much for allowing me to join you tonight. Walter, nothing but class right there. As I alluded to at the very beginning of this, uh, of our conversation, I was way out over my skis and I absolutely appreciate you gracing us and, uh, kind of coming in and, um, and talking for, for a little bit. Absolutely appreciate that very, very much. Hey, I will tell you that next, uh, or not next, but, uh, Monday, we kind of go, go back to our regular schedule. We've got Gavin Herndon, Gavin is a 25. He is uncommitted. He's out of the state of Kentucky. He's got a fantastic story. I would appreciate it if you wanted to come back and listen to us live. We will be here on Monday night at 9 p.m. Eastern. If not, check out the podcast. It's now D1 Speaks, and uh, you'll hear tons of stories just like Gavin's, and Gavin's got a great story to tell. Hey, Walter, again, man, thank you. Thank you very, very much for being here. Absolutely appreciate it. I hope we're able to stay in touch. I would love for you to come back on maybe six months from now and uh, we can kind of pick up on a couple of the questions that I didn't ask you because you've got a phenomenal story and I would love to just kind of stay connected with you. Absolutely, Alan. I don't know how phenomenal the story is, but anything <laughs> I can ever do for parents or student athletes, uh, my DMs are always wide open. You can, uh, you can utilize that uh, however you choose to. But thank you, Alan, very much.
Absolutely. Thank you, guys. Thank you, everyone, for joining tonight. We absolutely appreciate it, and I hope you have a great weekend. We're going to end it here, so good night. Are you ready to dominate at the plate? Blast Baseball is trusted by more major league and college teams than any other hitting solution. The Blast sensor attaches to the knob of any bat, providing real-time feedback with every swing. Go to BlastMotion.com and enter code NOWD1 at checkout to save $25.